Are you wondering what the end times of our world will look like? Do you ever think, are we near the end? Do you find scriptures about the end times hard to understand? For a limited time, Leading the Way is providing a special book collection which includes three of Dr. Yusuf's most popular books. For your gift of any amount, Leading the Way will send you your own copy of all three of these incredible books. Is the End Near? End Times and the Secret of the Mahdi, and Never Give Up. In these best-selling books, Dr. Michael Yusuf unpacks the words Jesus himself spoke about the end times, answering your questions about Christ's return, the challenges believers will face in the last days, and how we can stand firm and be encouraged in the midst of hardship. Don't let fear of the future shake your faith. Know what the Bible says about the end times. Get these three life-altering books when you give a gift of any amount today. Are you qualified to be called a disciple of Jesus? Many speak about God, but what does God say about Himself? God reveals His attributes in Scripture, but four are essential to embrace. Without knowing these four attributes, no one can be called a disciple of Jesus. Are you His disciple? Next on Leading the Way. Conformity and peer pressure is one of the great challenges, not only among young people, but adults as well. If a young student in school dares to be different, he or she would risk being alienated and bullied and even worse. Many parents in our society in general would go to any length to ensure that their child fits in, that their child is accepted, that their child not being different at all. I will be emphasizing that word different for a very important reason. Remember that word different because as I will show you in a moment, the different can be very good. I'm also aware of the fact that uh, there are some amazing parents in this church who have encouraged, trained, discipled, and inspired their children not to conform or become bullied by their peers. Specifically, if that conformity is for evil or wicked lifestyles that is not glorifying to God. While society at large has bought into that fallacy that godly difference is bad, that godly difference is rejected, 
that godly difference, they say, psychologically damaging, that godly difference is unacceptable. And yet, different is one of the attributes of our God. In the last message, we saw how the sovereignty of God is the axle around which all other attributes revolve. Closely connected to that, closely connected to that, is the holiness of God, being wholly different from humanity. And the reason I'm focusing on the word different, 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 and not saying holy or holiness, because the word holy or holiness has really negative connotation in our culture today. That's why I need to give you a lot of explanation, especially for the younger generation. Listen to what the Word of God said, 1 Samuel 2.2, there is no one like the Lord. There is no one beside Him. Listen to what Isaiah 40.25 says, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Beloved, that tells us that God's holiness is totally different from human goodness. Ah, different. Here's that word again. Totally different. The root word of the term hagios in Greek or holy, the root word means difference. Different. It can mean being set, as- set apart. It can mean be set aside. It can mean be transcendent or transformed. Above all, when you say God is holy, we are saying that He is very different from humanity. He cannot be compared to anyone else. He cannot be parallel to anyone else. He cannot be placed side by side with anyone else. (laughs) He is totally different, and that is why holy difference is good. My beloved friends, listen to me, please. God tells us in His Word again and again and again and again that He wants His disciples to be different too, just like He is different. Listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. This is the will of God for you. Some people running around say, I want to know what the will of God is. Here's the will of God. This is the will of God for you. Your sanctification. I know that's a big word for some of our younger listeners. So let me give you a Yusuf paraphrasing of it. This is the will of God for you. You being different just as your heavenly Father is different. Different from what, you'll ask? Different from the godless and immoral people. Difference from this fallen culture, different from those who are going along to get along. And that is why the rest of the verse says, we must abstain from immorality. For God to be different from humanity, it means that He is different in purity. He is different in righteousness. He is different in His inability, inability to look upon sin. It's different in his inability to wink at sin. He's different in his inability to ignore sin. 
He is different in his inability not to condemn sin. He is different in his inability not to judge sin. And my beloved friends, that's exactly why the world is enraged, enraged at the thought of God's holiness and the holiness of the disciples of Jesus. Why? Because they want a God who is like them. They want a God who approves of the lifestyle. They want a God whom they can manipulate. They want a God who is not wholly, totally different. Why do they reject and resent the holiness of God? Because it condemns their conscience. Because it condemns the notion that God is okay with us no matter which way we live. It condemns the baptizing of sin into the church. And because of their insistence that both God and His disciples must accept their sin, they will persevere. They will persist, not because of their faith, but because of their determination for their sin to be accepted. But you know and I know, there's only one way, only one way to remove, for the removal of God's condemnation of sin. There's only one way to remove God's condemnation of sin. There's only one way to remove the, God's condemnation of sin, any sin, any sin in any one of us. And it is by repentance and the placing of that sin, any sin, all sin, under the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. God, who is totally, completely, wholly different, loves to welcome repentant sinners but not taking pride in any sin, any sin. For it is an abomination unto the Lord, and it's an insult to the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary. I'm going to show you a short video in a moment. I want to introduce it first. In the midst of all these highfalutin bishops debating a young man, a layman, and I want to do this for, to encourage you. His father is a dear friend of mine, the best-known evangelist in England. And he sent me uh, this short video from his son with courage to rebuke these bishops. Please play it. Ben John, St. Albans 395. What our world needs, whether they know it or not, is the gospel. They need the Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't we all? The Jesus who washes, sanctifies, and justifies us. The hope, the gospel for all of us, whatever our struggles and sins and temptations, is that in Christ we are forgiven and that our sins and desires no longer define us. As Paul says, such were some of you. 
We do not need to hold on to sinful identities and behaviors. We have not been given a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. We have been given a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. These proposals are wrong. They say that Jesus doesn't wash and sanctify you, that you do not need to take up your cross and follow him that there is no call to holiness, that the truth does not set you free. But love rejoices in the truth. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Love calls people out of sin and to Christ, snatching them out of the fire with discipline so that their spirits might be saved. Please, bishops, I plead with you, Withdraw the proposals and prayers. Turn from this path that you are on. Fear God, not man. Be the shepherds that God is calling you to be. Protect the sheep entrusted into your care by driving out this teaching that perverts the grace of God into a license for immorality. This teaching that tickles our ears to suit our desires. A teaching that leads to the broad road and not the narrow one. It's not too late. Turn to the beautiful, wonderful, glorious gospel. Why make ourselves like the world when we have the one thing that the world needs, the gospel of Jesus Christ, where we receive our true identities as precious daughters and treasured sons of God? Amen. What courage. How can a disciple of Jesus differ like God is different? First of all, first and foremost, in fact, by obedient to the whole Word of God, not the bits that we pick and choose, not the bits that we like and leave out the ones we don't like, obedient to the whole Word of God. Secondly, by imitating Jesus, who is and was obedient unto death. Now, my precious friends, when you choose to forgive the ones who hurt you and despise you, you are imitating Jesus, and you're becoming different. When you choose not to allow anger and bitterness to corrode your soul, you are different, and you are imitating Jesus, and you are different. When you choose to reach out and love again and again and again, you are different like Jesus is different. When you choose to be sexually chaste, you are different. When you choose not to uh, speak ill of others and gossip and backbite, you are different like God is different. When you choose not to Uh, hold the grudges against those who may have cheated you or maligned you, you are different. When you choose to submit to the authority of the Word of God and to those who faithfully uphold the Word of God, you are different. You're imitating Jesus. When you choose to faithfully and sacrificially give to gospel ministries, you are different and you're imitating Jesus. When you risk rejection, by saying no to your friends who are doing the wrong things. You are different and imitating Jesus. 
When you choose to please God first and foremost, you are different. When you risk being unpopular with this wicked and evil culture, you are different, and you're imitating Jesus. One of the passages in the Scripture that pulls me literally from the inside out is found in Isaiah chapter 6. This is when Isaiah came face to face with the holiness of God, with the holy God. He came face to face with the holy God. God gave him a glimpse of his holiness. God showed him a vision of his true self as differently holy. And when Isaiah got a glimpse of God's holiness, he was knocked on his face. I beg you, when you go home, take time. Read that chapter, Isaiah 6. Read it slowly. Read it several times. Let it just sink in. Because in chapter 6, verse 5, when he, Isaiah, saw the holy God, he said, woe to me, or woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips and live among people with unclean lips. Beloved, whenever anyone, anyone encounter the holiness of God, far from accepting sin, whether it be in our lives and the lives of others, far from blessing sin, far from tolerating sin, far from feeling good about oneself, we get undone in our sense of unworthiness to have an encounter with a totally different holy God can transform us to the image of his son. When Job saw the Lord, he cried out, I repent in dust and ashes. When Peter had an encounter with the God who created the fish in the sea, he was knocked on his feet, and he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Before the holiness of God, even angels are awestruck. Isaiah saw the angels bowing down and worshiping God and adoring God. Just as 700 plus years, almost 800 years later, John the Revelator saw the same thing. Think about this with me. Think about this with me. Angels who serve the living God day and night felt unworthy to be in that place. Angels who are not stained with human sin stand in holy fear and in reverence to the holiness of God. I'm absolutely convinced. This is my personal opinion. I always tell you ahead of time, take it or leave it that we will not see a true Holy Spirit awakening or revival, call it what you will, until Jesus' disciples, until Jesus' servants begin to stand in awe of His holiness and not rationalize sin and rebellion. When Isaiah was confronted by the holiness of God, 
it knocked him on his face. None of that smugness of self-satisfaction, none of that smugness of self-esteem, none of that smugness of self-image, none of that smugness that God accommodates to us because He knows that we are evolving and He's evolving with us. God forbid. He fell on His face and He said, God, I'm ruined for I have unclean lips and live among people with unclean lips. Beloved, if we encountering the holiness of God in worship, listen to me, whether it's personal or public, if you encounter the holiness of God and it does not overwhelm you with a sense of unworthiness and gratitude, chances are you don't know the holy God. In fact, it was Isaiah's brokenness before God. His recognition of his own impurity that moved God to do something, to empower him. That recognition caused the angel to bring a burning coal from the altar and place it on his lips. Only then, only then, he could be commissioned by God to speak for God. I think most of today's preaching, and I know many of you will agree with this, it goes something like this. If you repent to a certain degree, you'll be saved to a certain extent. That's sad. No in a million, no. As I think, I'm saved. My eternity is secure. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to live a holy life. I don't have to live in sanctification. I don't have... No, in a million no's. Salvation is like a baby being born. A baby has to grow. A baby has to learn. A baby has to go through stages. Otherwise, we'll starve of malnutrition. And it works the same way spiritually. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, described the Christian who is not growing in holiness this way. It's like a sealed bottle that's sitting under Niagara Falls. Not a drop of that mighty volume of water going inside such a bottle. Please ask yourself the question, please, for your sake, for family's sake, Ask yourself the question, am I a sealed bottle bobbing up and down in the flood of God's holiness and grace? And nothing is going inside. If you are in this condition, let me ask you, no, 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 let me plead with you. Don't be afraid of being wholly different. Don't be afraid. What are you afraid of? Is it rejection? Is it a change in your lifestyle? Is it wanting to be accepted at any price? Is it or wanting popularity at any price? Now remember this. The God who sent an angel to anoint Isaiah's lips and gave him purpose and mission is the same God who wants to do the same with every one 
of Jesus' disciples, whether it be here or looking at me from around the world. He wants to do the same. He wants to do the same thing now, today. Don't fear, man. What can they do to you? Confess to the Lord, and He will give you a holy fire and will empower you to be wholly different. Dr. Youssef is different because he's not trying to draw in a crowd that will applaud him. He's not trying to draw in people to um, have emotional responses. I think the thing that is different about him through thick and thin, he will tell the truth. To paint or repaint the portrait of Christ without confessing him as Lord is the worst sin of all, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus. And it's something that people love, and it's something that people are drawn to. I think Dr. Youssef makes that clear, too, that it's not about being on that spiritual high, that we have to walk down in the valley as well. I think for me, listening to Dr. Youssef over the years has taught me to really, really listen to what people are saying. Because with Dr. Youssef, with what he's saying, he's saying it through, through love to the people that he's talking to because he wants these people to know the Lord. And if that takes making them a little uncomfortable along the way, then so be it. A few weeks ago during the service, I was thinking, wow, isn't it amazing that this giant church is here and that this sermon is being broadcasted? Dr. Youssef has a worldwide ministry, but he never said, he doesn't brag about it. I think as a member of the church, like I didn't really realize for a while the impact that leading the way and Dr. Youssef's preaching was having around the world. It's humbling and it's astounding to watch the impact that the, the truth and the love of the Lord has on people. All the years of ministry and all the work that's been done, it's not because Dr. Youssef is special, but Jesus Christ became real to one man. And through that, so much has been done is reaching so many people. That is so amazing. Leading the Way is on the air at crucial moments for listeners and viewers that need to hear uncompromising biblical truth. To learn more about Leading the Way, you can call or visit us online at ltw.org. Are you wondering what the end times of our world will look like? Do you ever think, are we near the end? Do you find scriptures about the end times hard to understand? For a limited time, Leading the Way is providing a special book collection which includes three of Dr. Youssef's most popular books. For your gift of any amount, Leading the Way will send you your own copy of all three of these incredible books. Is the End Near, End Times and the Secret of the Mahdi, and Never Give Up. In these best-selling books, Dr. Michael Youssef unpacks the words Jesus himself spoke about the end times, answering your questions about Christ's return, the challenges believers will face in the last days, and how we can stand firm and be encouraged in the midst of hardship. Don't let fear of the future shake your faith. Know what the Bible says about the end times. Get these three life-altering books when you give a gift of any amount today. Check out Leading the Way's smartphone app. 
With the Leading the Way app, you can watch recent episodes of Leading the Way, listen to sermon series, as well as read special daily devotionals written by Dr. Yusuf. You can even watch Leading the Way live events on your mobile device. Just search for Leading the Way on your Apple, Android, or Amazon Fire device to download the app today. Passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth, Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf thanks you for your faithful support through your continued prayers and gifts.